As New York Fashion Week comes to a close, we're going to sit today with Madori, very talented model, fashion magazine editor, pageant queen, and so much more. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself. All right. I am Madori Ahmed. I have been modeling since I was 14, professionally since about 19. And uh, currently, I am the creative director of iFashion Magazine. I host workshops internationally, um, with teaching models from all ages and pageant queens. I'm a former, former pageant uh, queen myself, Miss Black Virginia USA 2017. And um, yeah, I'm living my best life, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so when was I your... Like to be in a nutshell. When was your first pageant? Gosh, my first pageant was college my freshman year and I was trying to impress somebody I was dating so I was (laughs) I entered the pageant and I came in first runner-up which everyone knows is second place yeah and I was you know I was pretty happy about it it took me a lot to get through actually um but I learned a lot about myself and the only reason why this girl beat me I heard was because she out fundraised me (laughs) oh you go to? I went to Virginia Tech. You know, I'm a hokey. Oh. We don't have like a gang car or anything. We don't do stuff like that, you know? Okay. <laughs> we don't have a squad call like that. <laughs> so you're based in uh... Northern Virginia, D.C. area. Okay. So um, I actually was raised out in Northern Virginia. So my, um, I got my godparents out here, so I'm always out here with them. But D.C., L.A., and New York are where I am at any given time of the year. So, how did you transition from doing pageants into doing fashion, and when was your, and what was your first fashion show? Oh my gosh. Okay, so, the transition was interesting, because I was doing both of them almost simultaneously, and I had a love for modeling more so than pageantry, but um, the pageants were interesting, because I had a knack for the refinement. I knew the polish, all of that, and then modeling is different, because it's not so much you don't use that all the time, but that does come into play. So mm-hmm. I felt like they were kind of going, helping me hand in hand. So I was excelling at both of them, but modeling was the was the main. So um, 19, I was um, kind of in the club scene, very heavy. I was promoting, um, working with promoter 24-7, and I, was, I happened to be at the club all the time before it opened. Mm-hmm. And the photographer needed somebody to help uh, do lighting. He's like, hey, I need to test my lights for the night. For sure. And he was my first photographer, um, Lavelle McKinney. He was incredible. And he taught me about light, taught me about angles. And he was my first photo shoot. We did a shoot for Fiat back in the, I was like 19, maybe 20, just barely. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was exciting. It was so much fun. But that was my, that was my first main photo shoot. I think my first fashion show was probably Caribbean style and culture. Mm-hmm. Maybe that one. That might have been my first one. Yeah, the first one, the first memorable one, <laughs> I will say. Um, and that was, that was so exciting. It happened over the summer, and um, I even dressed like swimsuit, my first everything, and I was dressed by real designers. They were real people um, from all across, you know, the, the world. Um, and their selection was incredible. I mean, somebody would have swimwear, somebody would have couture, you know, ready-to-wear stuff. Everyone had something different, mm-hmm. and they brought such different flavor, and that's, 
that was one show that stuck out to me because it really helped launch a lot of the other things that I did and like build me up and solidify me in this community um, locally. Yeah. So, how did you transition into your career with the fashion magazine? That's interesting, and I feel like this is a this is a perfect st- story and testament to like go after what you want. Being working in magazines was always a goal of mine. When I was younger, I knew I wanted to work on the newspaper. <laughs> I was a nerd, so I worked in the newspaper. I worked my way up, and I was co-editor. Uh, I worked in a literary magazine in college, so mm-hmm. that's anything from photography, painting, um, short stories, and poems. And mm-hmm. I would help lay out, and I did all the design for that. So I knew I wanted to be like the editor of Vogue one day, or be somewhat of, of that kind. And as I grew up, I kind of still had that same idea, but same love. But I knew I was going to have to channel it differently with this new talent and skill and modeling and incorporating that into my life. So I went on a photo shoot with a guy named Lloyd Crawford, and I went to his house. This this sounds so crazy, like if you think about the way models kind of do things. Yeah. Just randomly got up, <laughs> went to New Station, got on the train, and went to New York and did a photo shoot at a photographer's house in a city I didn't know him. Some strange man's house in New York. I just went... <laughs> Basically, you're utilizing the skills that you got in school and your beauty, and you trusted your gut in the universe and took yourself to this strange man's house in New York, (laughs) and you started a new career. inspiring models I don't suggest you do this Uh, so but I can say yeah I can say you can do this because you have this energy about you that is always 
from my perception and my experience with you. It's always pure. It's always honest. And it's always positive. So, of course, when you did it, I'm sure he knew that you had positive intent. (laughs) So, if you're listening, please don't go to a random man's house in New York and mark up his magazines if he owns it. Unless you are ready to, you know... Back it up. Back it up. You know, it might you might not get a career in a fashion magazine, but hey, you might. You never know. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, what do you think that uh, with social media and the fashion world changing so rapid rapidly with um, the access to internet? Do you think that young models, aspiring models' perception of what to expect has been tarnished? Oh, gosh, it's got to be. It's got to be. I think that when I started out, I was just, I think modeling was really kind of just picking up on the internet in a way where we had communities, where we were on um, Model Mayhem and Models.com, and we had all these places where I finally had resources. When I was 14 and 15, you know, I wasn't heavy on the internet, but mm-hmm. we didn't have the same resources. I wasn't looking into those same things. Um, and having access to Model Mayhem really did kind of give me my own corner of the internet to post my portfolio. And I hadn't had that before. Mm-hmm. I had a bunch of pictures. I was just sending in emails. Um, and Model Mayhem was like the gatekeeper at that time. They were like, yeah, you got to come here. You want to work with these models. You want to fix your top eight <laughs> on Model Mayhem, you know, mm-hmm. top friends or whatever. And so now with social media being so um, intertwined with our everyday life, like Model Mayhem was just, you just go on there every once in a while, you check and see, you know, whatever, whatever. You have Instagram 24-7, and that's your new portfolio. Yeah. And and if you're not on it, I actually tell people, I'm like, hey, you should be on Instagram. So I'm going to stop you there. So there's a lot of times, and all the time, when I meet models I look at their Instagram, whether they know or not. Yep. And I personally, as a designer, we're looking. Uh, Brands are looking. And if you are posting things that you don't want your job to see, then it it affects you, right? It does. Completely. Just like it would any other job. When you're a model, you are representing someone else's artwork, right? Mm -hmm. And me, as an artist... (laughs) I understand, I don't want just anything. I want the best representation I can possibly get. So let me research you. Mm-hmm. Figure out who you are and make sure that you align with what we're, what I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Because if I like you, I'd like to use you again. I'd like to, you know, continue this relationship. I'd like to build with you. That's what the old designers and models did. You brought Naomi Campbell up. You brought the Giselles and all these people into your fashion house. And you work with them one good time and you like them. All right, cool. You didn't know they were, what they were doing at night doing, you know, after shows and stuff, but now we can see it so easily on social media, mm-hmm. and people just put anything up. Yeah. Anything, and it makes no sense to me that if you're using this space as your portfolio or as your social identity, make sure that it is something that you would like your parents to see, your, you know, your future jobs to see in 10 years, not even the ones in the, the next six months. Because people I mean, look back. They look back. Look what happened to Kevin Hart. People were looking for stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, unfortunately. Yeah. Right, right. And now with, with the way that the internet is archived, people don't remember and don't think that their tweets are just like going to go away and be gone forever. They don't, they don't disintegrate into the internet. There's a log 
of everything you've done. And there are websites that get paid to log everything you post. Mm-hmm. So there, so you don't understand that these, these third-party websites and, and companies that have access to our data because we give them to social media platforms, they're logging everything. So you have to think before you post. There's no taking it back. Right. So what if, I'm going to ask you this. If Instagram disappeared tomorrow, what would happen to today's <laughs> models? Girl, there'd be a lot of crying girls in the streets. People <laughs> wouldn't know what to do. Oh my goodness. If Instagram were gone tonight, number one, I would have some of the best sleep I could possibly get. Yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, and number two, somebody would fill the hole. Somebody would find something else <laughs> to replace it with. But I think that models would would actually understand maybe I was just an Instagram model. Oh. Maybe I was just a social celebrity. And that's okay, girl. Mm-hmm. That's perfectly okay to do that. Just understand that there's a different kind of modeling when you're working with agencies mm-hmm. and brands mm-hmm. and actual people. Because we connect with each other. I don't need Instagram to talk to you. I got your number. Right. You know where I am. So we, we really kind of would see a difference in relationships and modeling. Mm -hmm. I think right now, unfortunately, but fortunately, you're able to know so much about somebody on social media. But I think that we rely on that. Right. Even working with a magazine, when I do hire a model, I do look at how many followers she has. I don't know. That's not going to sway me. But I do look at it. You know, so I know that if that were gone and I could just look at the work and like people, you know, all different parts of the industry could just look at the work maybe you would see, hey, she's social. She's a social celebrity. She's not necessarily a model. She doesn't carry herself as a model. She doesn't have that portfolio like that. Um, I also think that a lot of second-rate photographers would be gone. Woo! That was hard. That was hard to say. It's but, honest. Uh, it's it's very honest. Uh, <laughs> there's a, there, with social media and their internet, everyone or anyone can be a model, a photographer, a designer... <laughs> or creative director because anyone will can anyone can drop anyone. a title but Completely. and, and it, it becomes hard to decipher and pick through the weak or the not so talented some pay, cases some people steal other people's work when it comes to photographers there's a lot of yeah. photographer friend, friends yeah. of mine that reach out to other photographers and say you know I want credit for what you post because that's not yours right. exactly and so that's, I feel like that's the saddest part about how, you know, any great invention, somebody will find a way to misuse it, right? Mm-hmm. So we've seen that in in social media, you like you said, you grab a picture, you go, you put a little word on it, it's called a meme now. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's different. Like, oh, no, it's, I, I have creative commons and I have creative license over this. It's different. People are trying to do the same thing and trying to pass it off as theirs. And it's crazy. It doesn't make any sense that you you devalue our industry every time you do that. It's just harder and harder to get quality work. And that's why I, I still tell models, I don't need you to have 50,000 followers because real models have been moving in silence mm-hmm. for years. I prefer yeah. models that don't have a big following. I don't right. quite... And there are a lot of people that come up out of the rafters and have less than 500 followers. There's a girl that I work with. She's in New York Fashion Week runway shows. Not these mom and pop church exactly. once she's in real shows and has less than 500 followers yep and what? that's how i've always thought and that's what kind of kept me in a mindset where 
And it's about yeah, networking. It's about networking. networking. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think the uh, biggest mistake that aspiring models make? I think their attitude. Um, and that, and because of that social media kind of aspect, I think your expectations are too high. And mm-hmm. I think that you aren't humble. Mm-hmm. I've, I have girls in my classes, and this is across the board. This is European women. This is... American women, this is younger models, some older models. I feel like sometimes they get big headed, just a little bit, and they're just feeling it, feeling themselves. And I don't want to wear this. I don't have. I I had not been in a situation where I'm sitting here telling the designer, I don't want to wear this. Let me wear that yellow thing, or let me wear the red one, or I want to wear what she she she'll look good in this. Let me. That doesn't even make sense to me. Mm -hmm. You're talking about somebody else's vision time and passion they put so much into this look into this outfit into this entire representation of themselves you really don't you really don't have a place to say anything and so when you come through my workshop i like to teach you know I, I do confidence building and boosting and kind of helping women kind of get themselves together before they go into the casting calls but i also give you the etiquette and the best practices because there are so so many women who come in and they lose their second opportunity or they lose that second gig because the first one didn't go well mm-hmm. because of that attitude. Yeah. Because of thinking, oh, yeah, I'm great. I did that mom and pop thing in the church the other day. And so now I have 20 pictures on Instagram that must, that might look great. Mm-hmm. But your attitude is so negative, so disrespectful to the designers, the makeup, the hair, the people. I mean, we're collaborating. Mm-hmm. If you can't see this as a collaborative team effort to enhance or like live out one person's vision then you're not in it for the right reasons yeah and yeah there's a check and everything but yeah you might be good at it but if you can't understand that we're all working together to make someone's vision come together man it's you're not going to get booked by me again yeah i've had a lot of girls i will never ever 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 mm-hmm. call back yeah ever yep. <laughs> because I mean, of <laughs> it, it just it really does not matter how pretty you are. You could be, mm-hmm. you can well, be, go- <laughs> it, 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 it matters because at the end of the day, I'm running around trying to put on a show and this is my art. This is my passion. This is my love. And you're defacing it with your horrible energy and, and, and your uneducated opinion. And it's not even in a, no tea, no shade for all of those who feel real hurt right now. Yeah. It's really about, you're not educated in me. Mm-hmm. I, I hired you. You're not educated in me and what I'm doing here and what I had this, this, this idea of mine, right? Mm-hmm. So you actually don't have any knowledge to give an opinion, to give an educated opinion. And yeah, it's definitely no disrespect to any models, but you have no idea. And it's not to degrade models, it's not to belittle them, but it is a, you're a hanger, you're a muse, you're supposed to consume and be, it's like an essence on almost, you know? Yeah, and And that's like the old school kind of mindset that I kind of wish we could get back to, mm because that was my favorite kind of modeling. Mm -hmm. That was my favorite style where you came out and you really gave, you said, let me show you this jacket. It wasn't about me. Mm-hmm. Look about this jacket. Look at the flow in the in you know the dress and the hem. Like, look at this beautiful. Sn- it, like yeah, you don't know you don't know my expertise and I don't know yours. I'm gonna put you in this 
and you're going to become this beautiful creature that I, that I, I can't do. If I could put it on and become this beautiful thing, I would have, you know, <laughs> I would have, I, I wouldn't even called you, but right. And I'm not ugly girl now. I'm not ugly at all, but I'm definitely not six feet tall. I'm not six feet tall. I definitely am not. And I'm not a size four and I'm not a size two. And, and it's, 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 Everyone has a part. Everyone has a place. Everyone has a, something to offer to the creative right. sections of fashion. Mm-hmm. I agree. What my next question is: What is the biggest mistakes that models make when it comes to asking for pay? Oh, ouch! It might be like. <laughs> It could be the same problem, like overshooting and then underselling. So I didn't, I didn't really know what the going rate was for a model mm-hmm. um, of my expertise when I first started off. But Model Mayhem did a really good job of helping me find a community where I could ask very transparently, "What are you charging per hour, mm-hmm. per day, per half day?" And that was the first time I ever really figured out rates. And then I figured out the lowball rates and like. If you have like a B level group that you're working with, or if you've got something else that you're working on that's not necessarily top notch, high fashion, New York, you know, Paris stuff, I learned that there was levels mm-hmm. to this modeling game. And um, asking for way more than you're actually able to provide, I think that people are thinking like, oh yeah, I'm worth X, Y, and Z. At certain levels, yes, there's an expectation of money, but there's also an expectation of who you are. Mm-hmm. That means your professionalism has to be at that level. Are you are you seventy five dollars an hour? Are you that professional? Are you uh, <laughs> that kind of body type? Do you have your edge together? Like there's there's a lot that goes into that. So mm-hmm. just to be able to say, oh yeah, I get one hundred fifty dollars an hour for X, Y, and Z. I'm gonna say, okay, so let me get your background. Let me figure out who you are. Okay, how long you've been doing this? What I'm expecting you to be on time. I'm expecting you to be early. Like please. Mm-hmm. But if models can make it a practice to just try to be early, oh my goodness. Like, that's what I'm expecting if I'm paying you top notch. Or if I'm paying you per project, I expect you to be a team player. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, it, that, it, 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 it's so easy to mess up and slip mm-hmm. and, it's, and, you know, kind of give yourself a bad reputation or give yourself, you know, a bad name. But you've got to ask for what you're actually capable of giving. I, I find, humble. yeah, I also find that a lot because of social media, the a lot of models, young models who don't know any better, will ask me for four hundred dollars. Mm. They've never done a show, they've never done right. a runway. Their pictures are sorry, they're trash. Right. But I see what they could become. And I love working with new models. And I pay. Oh, I pay. <laughs> oh, I'll pay you. And I had one girl. She was like, no, I just want to work with me. You don't You don't have to pay me. You don't have to pay me. I'm like, no, I'm not going to not pay you. Right, because we respect each other. That's okay. Like, it's okay for me to pay you. It's okay for me to pay you for the time that we spend together. Because it's, you are making a drive. Or you are traveling. Or you are doing yeah. whatever for me. How, okay, we're creative. Why would you offer yourself up like that? <laughs> I'm like, what, girl? Uh, no. Um. I think it's so funny because um, I recently had a huge gig for um, a few of my male friends, mm-hmm. and um, I, I told every single one of them, 
I love you all. I've worked with you some, some time before um, in, in the past, and I would love for you to hop on this project with me. It's a great opportunity. It's, you know, all the stuff people say, it's great exposure. And then I said, and I will pay you for your time if you need. Like, mm-hmm. let, me, let me know what your rate is, and I will pay you. Mm-hmm. And just because of the connection that we had and, you know, how, how it all kind of worked out, they, nobody asked for it. But I, it's still being able to pay. You know, if right. you are somebody, and now we're talking to the other side of the team, if you are somebody and you do see somebody who has that, that, that talent, that, that spark or whatever, um, you should offer. You should offer something. Yeah. Um, even the free shoots that I do with my friends, I'm bringing lunch. I'm bringing something to the table. You know, I'm giving... I, I, I've done these little gift bags and stuff and little goodies for models at fashion shows where it's your, you know, everything you need in a day. There's all the snacks and stuff in between the, in between the major meal or whatever. And, you know, I try to make sure that people on my team are taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to book you if I can't pay you, if I can't respect you mutually for what you're doing. Exactly. Because, I, because also, as I'm paying you, I'm expecting something of you. I am expecting you to show up on time or for you to be professional and expecting you to give me your best, your all, if you're not on your phone the entire time. You're engaged. Oh, say that again. Not on your phone the entire time. I don't like my work shared before I share my work. Oh my goodness. I have been, I have been holding on to photos for a month and a half and I told my team, I cannot give them to you. I will wait. I will wait. I will wait. Please don't use your phones. Please don't use your phones. Please don't use your phones. I mean, that's just professionalism. And that's why, and that goes back to real models move in silence. Mm-hmm. We would have to sit on a project for three months before the magazine was able to publish mm-hmm. the editorial. But it's, it's yeah, but it's due to unrealistic expectations of social media. They feel like they have to push this stuff out right now when if you, if I were to give you the images unedited, you know, oh, they will be trash because oh. a lot of these girls don't look exactly how they come out. I personally, I personally do not like to retouch my photos too much. The images you're getting is what I shot. Now, the uh, if you don't know, for people who don't know, me and Midori just did a shoot in oh, October. So oh, so great. My, my watch is going off. It's, it must be eight o'clock. It's seven o'clock. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know where it is to turn it off. We're just going to keep it. We're just going to keep it rolling. Um, <laughs> um, what was I talking about? This, this, I didn't lost my question, girl. So for those who don't know, me and Midori just did a photo shoot in this past October, I believe. And the only thing I could think that I, I did, I uh, I extended your legs. That was yeah, it. Girl. I made you, I mean, you're already uh, the mighty green giant, but <laughs> I extended your legs and I mean, you look like an ostrich. That's what I was wanting to go for because I love the shape. Um, but yeah, and I also feel like uh, re- retouching models don't I don't advise, advise me personally to, to have your uh comp card images retouched to the tenth power. Right, oh, that's not a thing. What is your opinion about retouching and your uh, advice in regards to comp cards? Sure. So I happen to be um, sometimes I'll throw a party. I'll do like a photo shoot party. We have a whole day in a studio. Great photographer. And we'll do a great comp card set, right? Mm-hmm. Very natural looking clothing, very natural face. Um, and 
we don't really touch up those photos because as a creative director, I know when I'm looking for models, I want to see who you are, how you are. Just you. I just want to see you. I want to see your face. I want to see every freckle because you don't know. Mm -hmm. Like the imperfections might be so the thing that makes you so unique, right? So beautiful that that's, that's like that's what I want, you know. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I need to know that you've got a great canvas that I can work with for some crazy, amazing, you know, artwork that we're gonna do with the makeup. So I really need to just see you. I don't want you the way you think I want because that's that's not even that's not even be what I right. It doesn't make sense, you know? A lot of times, uh, and this is with, because even with my clients and people that I dress, they don't see themselves the way that other people see them. And their imperfection, a lot of the time, is the best thing about them. And exactly. I love a mole on the face. I oh, love yeah. a birthmark. I will not crop it out. I, I will not. It. And it's just... I think it's this illusion that is being fed to them constantly on television and social media that makes them want to look like plastic. Perfect. Porcelain skin, like just one shade of, of around your whole entire face. That makes no sense. That's not what our faces really look like. It eliminates. It's, like it's ridiculous. It eliminates diversity completely. Oh, or being unique. And with that, I'm going to ask, what do you think is our current status in regards to true diversity in the fashion world? Is this going to be temporarily? Because I'm, I'm going to be honest, this has happened before where they had black and Asian and Indian models. And then it slowly died down and went back to a uniform look. What's your right. perception? And what do you think this diversity in fashion is going to go? Right. So I think that... um Unfortunately, we're going to see that fashion sometimes when it comes to, um, especially like campaigns and whatnot, it sometimes mimics what's happening in society because you have to sell to those people. So I think that I've seen, like you said, like I can appreciate the rise of more racial diversity. Mm -hmm. um, that's great. But, you know, as things are <laughs> in the States kind of tumultuous or whatever and things are kind of going on, I think we'll see more people stepping up and saying, hey, I want a model. I saw a really cute, she was like half Asian, half black, um, androgynous model at a fashion show in D.C. Mm -hmm. And I was like, where did you come from? I'm so happy you're here. I, that's all I said. That's all I said to her. I said, I am so happy that you are you and you found a modeling group or agency that wanted that wanted to accept you and bring you into their group because you made me so happy to see your representation. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I have to, I feel like I have to go out of my way to be an ally to everybody, mm -hmm. to anybody who is any sort of diverse, because I know how hard it is for me to be um, a brown skinned woman and be a brown skinned, like black woman, mm -hmm. and then look for looking for work when somebody tells you, like, oh, we have your look on the board. We have we don't need you in our agency, or I already have a dark skin girl in my campaign, so like I'd rather get something else coming about, whatever, whatever. Like having two brown people in a campaign is like too much. Well, next you to their next to their eight much. white women. <laughs> next to I'm like oh you got you got th four Asians one black girl and eight white girls so god forbid one more black girl in the mix it's crazy so what I'm seeing right now um, and what I'm really happy about is I'm seeing a little bit more that's a smidge it's a smidge more of um, older women and this is not older as much mature like I'm not even seeing like a lot of 40 plus like kind of women but I'm seeing a few of them but 
I'm thinking like mid thirties. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like late twenties coming mm-hmm. out and and saying, Hey, I'm gonna slay it right now. You know, I'm gonna slay it right now, however old I am. But let's go back to the age, though. If you think about it, and I'm saying this because I personally realize that I've made this mistake, too. The modeling industry is a job. And being 14 as a model, you're very naive. You're honestly not completely sure or aware of everything that's going on. And sometimes the hours and the standing and the rehearsals and the fitting can be can be taxing. So I always felt that super young, tiny models, just to get that look is not realistic. So have older models, I, I prefer like, even on my paperwork that if you are under 18, I need to talk to your parents. Because they need to know that what what is going to happen what's not going to happen and how how difficult this is um that's true that's very true i think um i i kind of <laughs> discriminated against the young people when i was starting out because i didn't want to i didn't want to mess up i mm-hmm. didn't want to misstep and and not do something right mm-hmm. and i don't i didn't want to put any extra expectations or any pressure on this kid who's in high school kid i'm like mm-hmm. you have to come to my to my show you have to be here on time and uh, this is so much mm-hmm. so much but it's funny because the models that i have worked with who are and, and, and i'm normally around like the 15 16 age when it's some of my uh my youth workshops those models and their parents kind of get it right? mm-hmm. there's a few in there who are like oh i'm here i look cute i i, I like great instagram pictures and there are some in there who have a raw talent and, and what I say to their parents is, number one, thank you for supporting your child. Yeah. Because I didn't have, like, my parents were like, yeah, modeling what? Okay, yeah. They took me out to John Robert Powers one day, and I did, like, a, a show in Macy's or whatever at a, at a at a mall, and that was about it. They were like, yeah, this is ridiculous. Why would we do this? So, number one, thank you for supporting your child in whatever their, their dream was. Right? Mm-hmm. And number two, let me talk to you about expectations. And after we go over who I am, what I can do, and what I will do today in this workshop, and what, you know, and what kind of positive, you know, outcome your child can have in this industry, then you can go and decide, <laughs> do you want to continue on with this? Is she able or is he or she able to, you know, carry this load? And I have met some amazing young people, but there it is, I will tell you, it is a handful of amazing young people who are able to balance it and get it. It's not so for everyone. Fun. It's not for, and that's what I'm God, you take the words out of my mouth. It's not for everyone. And, and that's why I, it's this whole anyone can be a model, anyone can be a fashion designer, anyone. It is not for everyone. It is not as glamorous and as great as people think. It's a lot of hard work. These fashion trenches are ugly, muddy, yeah. and yeah. it's a lot of sad nights. And oh, gosh. I need models <laughs> Not gonna live in a model house if they get picked up by the agency and they're going to do a fashion week. I need models to understand that you might get paid $75, $150, $200, maybe for a, a photo that ends up on the cover of a major magazine. Oh, yeah. Those rinky ones, a major magazine. Yeah. I need models to stop acting like they're gonna get paid by the photographer. Stop acting like you're gonna get paid that day. Stop. Like, what is happening? Your expectations are incredibly ridiculous. Because and of. You get let. This false reality. Yes. yes. And when you get let down, you feel like, oh, the modeling industry is 
60, 70, 80, 90 years. Stop playing. Please stop playing. Stop playing. And, and if somebody's... Oh, and don't think that because you're working with this designer, whether they've been in... I know a, a designer that showed in New York Fashion Week. He's been in several magazines. He's had his clothes and music videos. And he still has a day job. Thank you. A lot of us designers, we are not rich. We are still... Uh, we are literally starving artists working. Starving artists is a real thing. It is, it is still a real thing. Whether you see it on social media or not, it is so real. And it is not glamorous. It is not. <laughs> exactly. And I think that once everyone is able to adequately manage their expectations and really see what the industry is, find your favorite model and, and see what their journey was. Not Instagram model. Your favorite model who's on the board at an agency. Mm-hmm. Find them and then see what their see what their you know kind of their arc was. You know their career arc and see if that's something that you're able to do. Are you able to eat dirt for like three years and Are you? for as many people as you possibly can and get your name out there and do this and do that and get the photos you need to do. Stay in the gym, drink your water, get your vitamins. Be, you know, at the places on time. Get your metro cards filled up, okay? Get on, get on a bus at 4 o'clock in the morning to make it to New York on time. To make it to New York on time. Are you able to get yourself together? Like, I have stayed at hostels in the, in New York. I stayed in the model house. Um, I, I mean, I thought it was so funny. I, 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 I'll tell you the story. I tell my girlfriend all the time, I knew I was popping as a model when I didn't have to take the mega bus to New York. Hey. I was like, ooh, I can get on a train. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. You know what? Girl. That was, that was, that was, that was reaching another level of modeling payment for me. I was like, I didn't have to take the bus to New York. I had enough money to actually get on the train. Girl. It, uh, oh. When they pay you in advance, I need a deposit. <laughs> And then when the project is done, it give you gratuity. What? Please, please. That's when you made That's it. <laughs> when the client like, oh, I'll fly you out. Oh. Oh, thank you. Thank well. You. Oh, 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 thank you. Thank you. And Have then. You thought of me? I was in your budget. Oh, thank you. Right. And then not just that. <laughs> Let me tell you what else the trenches will do to you. They'll give you a client, what? a client like that, and an opportunity like that, and then your next project will be thirty dollars. <laughs> Completely. You have to. It's going. It's a lot of highs and lows. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes. You know, it's funny you talking about the the trenches and then this bigger activity. I have been working with one of these designers from from college, right? So she went to the same school. She was in the fashion merchandise um, program, and of course, they have a fashion show every year. And I was like, Oh, I'm the model. I'm one America's Got Top Model fan favorite. I did this. I did that. I'm in New York. Let me let me coach this. Let me do this. So I'm working with her, and I'm working with these models. And because she and I came up in the trenches together, right? Mm-hmm. We are busting tail every night. She's sitting me. I'm driving to her house in the middle of nowhere, Lyon County. We're getting our stuff together. She was able to, you know, have all these opportunities. I remember she called me up one day. She said, Midori, I'm going to France. I need you. And at the time, I was one of her brand ambassadors. I was working, like, you know, I was on every flyer. I was in everything. And she said, don't worry about anything. Just find a way to get here. Just fly out. I'll take care of everything else. And when I tell you that blessing would not have come if I had not been able to humble myself for years and do that work with that girl and just be there for her. Yeah. Just show up for her in a real 
totally wrong way. We had made such a genuine connection mm-hmm. that she wanted to share her her bonus with me. She wanted to share her awesomeness with me. So she said, just come to France, let's do this. And that was the first time I was ever in France modeling in a fashion show. Yeah. Modeling and in the streets of friggin' Antibes. And it was just so incredible, been such a humbling experience to know that Yes, I, did, I felt like I deserved it at that time, but it was because I put so much work in. And not because I took rinky-dink photos on Instagram or posted them or whatever. I was working. Yeah. Taking the time to go to New York Fashion Week. Taking the time to make sure that my body was right and that I was, you know, I was fitting into my garments and doing whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. I happened to be a sample size, so I've, I've been a fit model for a few years for her. Mm-hmm. So that's a different set of modeling um, expectations that, you know, we can talk about some other time. Yeah. But, um, because of that, you know, you have to stay a certain size, um, like the size that they meet, that they have when they meet you. And I had put in a lot of work to to be her muse and to work with her and collaborate with her that it felt like such a blessing for her to be able to share her win with me. So, I mean, there are such amazing people out there, but you have to be open. Yeah. You have to do your work before a blessing like that can be shared with you or can come into your life so you can share it with somebody else, you know? Because Insta- breaking the internet and being Instagram famous and an overnight success is is one in a million. It does not happen that way. It doesn't work like that. And okay. I just... I'm still trying to go viral. What? Right. Every day. 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 Right. You got, uh, model... Oh, models and artists and designers and photographers and stylists just humble yourself take the take the beating take the beating because you know what one day you'll look back and like i did that i went through that i i tried that and i am where i am because i was patient and i had faith and i kept my energy right and i kept going back every time i love it I love it. Be true to yourself, you know, and stay with with a little bit of humility at all times. Mm-hmm. And just be kind to people. I think that my personality does have a little bit to do with my success because I've always had reverence for people. I've always treated everybody on the team like they were the CEO. There's nobody in there who you're working with. That, that is, you're better than. You. Exactly. And you know what's nobody. funny? After you did that uh had that experience in Paris when you flew back the first place you oh. went was my casting call I did <laughs> and that's the day I met you <laughs> and look at us years later look at us like you can't tell me there's not someone higher than me you know there's got to be someone higher that's looking out for us because Look at how that all came to be. And we still I'm speak. It's it's crazy. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So I, my my last question. Um oh, the last part. I know. I know. I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> what are your goals for two thousand nineteen and then what are your five year goals? Oh, great. That's a good one. Because I actually just manifested these like, in, on paper. So, number one, manifest your dreams. You have to write them down. You have to say them out loud. Tell them to somebody else. Hold, have somebody hold you accountable so you can make your things, your dreams actually happen, right? Mm-hmm. So, thank you for asking me about that. 
you're holding me accountable. You didn't even know it. <laughs> but um, my first major goal, because we are in the era of social media, um, and that is, it is important, you know, it, I do see a difference when I'm posting and what I'm posting on social media. So my, my goal was consistency and follow-up mm-hmm. for this year. That means if I need somebody, I'm hitting you guys up ASAP, you know, just continuing that practice because it is a practice. It's hard to find the time to send out the emails and just say thank you, but it means so much to somebody else, and it means so much to people on your team that you appreciate them, that you um, thought about them. So definitely, you know, following up and then being consistent for me is posting more frequently on social media and posting good quality, which is something that I'm using kind of as a catalyst for me to create more quality content mm-hmm. so for me um that's that's definitely big this year again consistency and um being true being real with the follow-up and then for five years i've got some project girl <laughs> that i'm working on and so obviously healthy happy and all around just living my best life that's great for five years but i think in that time um i'll have a change of location and i want i want my my presence to be more meaningful right. and that means you're not when you see me on social media or when you see me um hosting an event uh, or a workshop whatever that the experiences are really that much more meaningful so i'm working on um emotional intelligence right now mm-hmm. uh, some personal development ways that i can better serve right. so i've always been that person where i am of service to somebody else i love workshops more than more than actually like runway shows because I used to be that person that helps to give you that extra knowledge, to give you the etiquette, to give you the manners of the industry and really give you the insider stuff, but also the stuff that people don't tell you. There's yeah. so much else that goes on. So I want to make sure that my my um, Instagram and my Twitter and Facebook and everything that is that social media presence, that outer presence, I want that to be a meaningful experience for you. So you, when you see me, you're learning, you're inspired, you're empowered, you're educated. Um, and that's, that's really like a life goal. Mm-hmm. I'll always be doing that, but um, I want to make sure that on those platforms and that the outer presence is really, really strong. Like you see that I'm not just here being a model, um, and I'm not saying that that's, that's anything wrong, but that I've got more to give you, because that's not my end goal. Right. I wasn't meant to just be a model on this earth. Um, I was meant for so many different things. So um, whatever it is that I am doing and I am encountering and whatever the endeavor is, I want it to be a meaningful experience for you as a viewer. And that's real. That's good. Thanks, Thank you so much for sitting down with me. It's always good to talk to you. It's it's so easy. So if you, if the people don't know where to find you, where can they find you? What's your social media? Yes, girl. So I am on Facebook Instagram and on Twitter, everything is at Midori Ame. That's M I D O R I A M A E. That's me. All right, Midori. Thank you so much. I love you, babe. I'll see you soon. (laughs) I would like to thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. For more information about Atelier 1121 and Ontavia Roulette, please visit ontaviaroulette.com. That's O-N-T-A-V-I-A-R-O-U-L-E-T-T-E dot com.